This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back in this week's edition of the MLB Pipeline Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Schusterman, joined as always by our two our two-headed monster of pipeline uh, experts, Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis. Jonathan, how are you doing, my friend? I'm now envisioning some sort of Godzilla-type creature with Jim's head in mind. Wow. I'm excited for that movie. Jim, what do you think of that of that image? Uh, I'd go see that movie. Uh, let's do that. Let's make that happen. We got to get it. Well, if it's three-headed, we can squeeze Rosenbaum on there. But but for now, I think we're going to stick with two-headed monster. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. I know you are both very busy this week. Um, you are both kind of uh, in between uh, trips um, uh, to down to, to Florida to, to the, the brand-new PDP League. Uh, Jim, you just got back from that, and we haven't really given this a lot of attention so, so far on the podcast, but why don't you give us a little bit of background about what this event is, why it was created, and what are the advantages of this new uh, PDP League? Yeah, you know, Major League Baseball created the pipeline development uh, program, kind of getting involved in the in the showcase circuit, you know, being able to run things they want the way, way they want to run them. Um, they obviously aren't charging players to come to these things so they can get the players they want there and do the showcases exactly the way they want them. And the PDP league, which is new this year kind of replaces what was the tournament of stars run by USA baseball and the PDP league, which is a, a joint project. I keep using the word collaboration. I'll use it again here between MLB and USA baseball. It's got 80 of the top high school players in the country are at the IMG Academy uh, in Brainton, Florida. It, it's a it's a three-week program. They're in the middle of it. They one week down so far. And they'll play over the three weeks, they'll play nine games against each other. They're split into four teams. Uh, the, the team captains, the, the teams are named after Ryan Howard and Derek Jeter and Chipper Jones and Barry Larkin. Those guys will all come in and meet with players. Uh, Chipper Jones is down there right now. He, he's actually Chipper rather than just wanting to do more of a meet and greet, wanted to work with guys. So he's actually there for three days. Um, I saw him Monday before I flew out of, of Bradenton. Um, they're getting instruction from guys like Lance Berkman and Andy Pettit and Scott Brocious, and there's all kinds of all-stars and, and, and former big leaguers there. And, and the players are really thrilled. I mean, just with the, the guys who you can kind of pick their brains. Um, and then at the end of this, at the end of the three-week period, they will pick 40 of these guys to go to Cleveland for a, a high school version of the Futures game, which will be on Saturday, which I believe is July 6th. And then they will also use this as part of uh, the process for selecting players for the 18 and under World Cup that USA Baseball will pick that will compete in the fall. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm headed down there as we as we speak. I mean, not literally as we speak. I'm not you know sitting in my window seat on my like, but uh, but I will be heading down there after this, and I'm excited to go down there. And uh, I, I like the combination of you know them providing this sort of showcase, and you know with USA Baseball, I always used to go cover the Tournament of Stars uh, in Cary, North Carolina, and, and this has supplanted it. It gives 
uh, USA Baseball. It gives scouts a, a, an even longer look at, at some of these players, which I think is is always welcome to get multiple looks. It's not like a, a one-off kind of thing. Um, you mentioned Scott Brocious. He, of course, is involved with USA Baseball and helping to to form uh, that team. And I love that you know they're they're taking you know in the past they would take the trial roster and you'd wait a little bit and then they'd go play a few games uh, in some you know somewhat random location. Uh, it's been Houston. It's been Minnesota uh, in the past. Uh, but then taking the trial roster of 40 guys to Cleveland for that all-star game. Uh, it is indeed Saturday. I will be a part of that, that broadcast, which will be streaming uh, on MLB.com. Uh, shameless plug there. Uh, I'm excited to, to do a game like that. Uh, I haven't been able to do a, a high school All-American game in a while uh, because the Under Armour game is in Chicago. And since that's in Jim's backyard, it, it made no sense for me to continue to travel there. So yeah, I, I always like, being able to, you know, first do tournament stars and then do this because it really gives us a chance. Um, and Jim, this was really was your first time to see high school guys in, you know, in a, in a larger set uh, of action as opposed to just the the Under Armour game. So I think it helps gives us a foundation as we start looking towards the the 2020 draft a little bit. Right. And so, Jonathan, of course, there are some some big names uh, in next year's draft class that, that are already down there. Uh, Jim, I guess I'll ask you in your 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 brief brief little little trip down to, to see the PDP League. Were there any uh, big names that, that you got to watch, or was there a specific buzz about uh, some of the top names um, while you were down there that you'd heard from the first uh, couple weeks of action? Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of big names down there. Uh, maybe the consensus top ranked guy uh, would probably be Dylan Cruz, who's an outfielder from Lake Mary High School in Florida. He did not – I mean, he didn't play badly. He didn't jump off the page in terms of performance. The, the two guys who performed the best in the, in the three games I saw were uh, Mick Abel, who, who's a right-hander from Jesuit High in Oregon, and he, he looked awesome. He pitched the first game uh, – or, or pitched the second game on the first day, struck out six of the ten guys he faced, 33 out of 47 pitches for strike, gave up an infield single and a walk, um, 93-95 with a fastball, I uh, got three strikeouts on the fastball, 82, 86 mile an hour slider. He had two strikeouts with that. And he, and he got a strikeout. He had a really nice changeup, 86, 88 with a lot of fade. And uh, his changeup strikeout came against Austin Hendrick, who, who's a outfielder from West Allegheny high in Imperial, Pennsylvania. And he threw all three strikes against Austin Hendrick were changeups, which Hendrick was not expecting. Uh, I guess Abel had gotten him with the changeup last summer in an event and kind of remembered that. So I thought Mick Abel looked great. Um, I actually, you know, we haven't done a high official high school list. I, I think Mick Abel is like six or eight on a lot of high school lists. I know it was just one look, but I was like, man, if he's six or eight, uh, this must be an unbelievable high school crop. And then, um, you know, Ken Hendrick, I think I might've just called him Kendrick, but Austin Hendrick uh, from West Allegheny high was the best hitter down there. He, he hit two homers, two doubles. I think he had the largest X velocity on, on any single hit of anybody, uh, 109 miles an hour. Um, was really hammering fastballs, had some trouble with off speed, but in terms of uh, performance and, and just raw power, I thought Austin Hendrick was the most impressive position player I saw in my, in my three days of, of game action down there. Yeah. And, and Jonathan, who uh, I, I know Hendrick, you, you might have a, a particular affinity for uh, given where he's from, but um, who are some other guys you're looking forward to seeing down there? Yeah. I mean, Hendrick is, is from my neck of the woods. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, being able to go out and see him you know, next spring, sort of like I did with Alex Kirilov in his draft year. And I saw Hendrick play in the Tournament of Stars last summer. 
and he homered to right center and again had like 110 mile an hour exit velocity it was it was legit so so I was excited to uh, hear from Jim and read his stuff that he was uh, doing so well. Um, I mean, there are so many guys that I am excited to see, some of whom I saw at NHSI, the National High School Invitational, this spring. Um, you know, there are two guys from Orange Lutheran, uh, Max Rajic uh, and Christian Rodriguez, both pitchers who uh, I- I'm looking forward to seeing. I didn't see Rodriguez pitch uh this year i don't think but i i saw Rajic pitch um and he was very very good and I, you know he threw well down there uh as well uh so some of those arms i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing like next time around uh when i'm down there uh i think uh jared jones is another guy from la mirada high uh who i saw also at nhsi who uh excites me quite a bit um I think those are the ones that sort of jump to mind. I guess it's more the arms that I'm, I am excited to see, but I, I just, I, I love the ability and I'm going to be there from tomorrow. And the, there are two games tomorrow that they're playing uh, at the trot. So that should be fun. And uh, all the way through to the end, to the, the banquet on July 4th, when they announce who's going to be going to the, the gaming. And so just the ability to see all these guys from multiple games against really good competition uh, is going to be very exciting. To- and I was just going to say, Jonathan, uh, Rodriguez and Jones both pitched well when I saw them last week too. So they, they, they both were two of the more impressive pitchers down there. There you go, Jonathan. You, you might be on to something there. might be on to something. Uh, so obviously these these players are, are for the, the 2020 draft, but the, the 2019 draft season is, is sort of slowly wrapping up. Uh, number one overall pick, Adley Rutschman, uh, just signed this week for a, a record bonus, uh, $8.1 million of the Orioles' $8.4 million uh, uh, slot uh, at, at the number one overall pick. I guess starting with Rutschman, um, of course, when it ever takes longer than two days, people start freaking out about, oh, no, is he going to sign? Is he going to sign? Of course he was going to sign. Um, Jonathan, uh, are there any names that you've seen sign or numbers that surprised you um, about, about the signing bonuses or – is everything going about as expected? I mean, the deadline is still not for another few weeks, but uh, any thoughts on on some of the signings uh, so far and maybe other ones we might be seeing here in, in the coming weeks? No, I, I mean, I think it's, it's gone largely, you know, according to, to design or plan. You know, keep in mind that since the, the bonus pool structure was put in place, teams have a mostly have a sense of what guys are going to sign for and that they are going to sign, which is why it's rare to see guys in the top 10 rounds not sign. I mean, we have, I feel like we have this conversation every year, don't we, Jim, you know, with people starting to freak out about guys, Oh, they're not going to sign. And yes. So Matt McLean didn't sign last year with the diamondbacks, but like those are very few and far between. Um, You know, I'm a little surprised that uh, something like College guys like Hunter Bishop and Bryson Stott, who didn't play, you know, deep into Omaha or anything like that, haven't signed. But uh, I'm sure there's some reasoning. Maybe it's they're just figuring a couple of small bonus pull things out until they, you know, uh, dot the I's and cross the T's on the contract. Like I'm not really concerned with 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 them. I think all the guys, uh, even Matt Allen with the Mets, who I guess is the one that everyone is you know, on pins and needles about, or at least Mets fans are. Uh, I, they're, they're, they're all going to sign. 
Jim, would you would you generally agree with that? Yeah, I would. I mean, I think Jonathan and I both get tweets every day, like, why isn't this guy signing? Anytime we post about a signing, you know, why isn't that guy signed? You know, when is this guy going to sign? You know, seven of the – there's 15 players, I believe, in the top two rounds uh, who are uh, unsigned when, when we're recording this. Um, and of those 15, seven of them are either at the College World Series or have been at the College World Series, and those guys usually take a little bit longer. You know, even Rutschman – uh, who just signed and, and Andrew Vaughn remains unsigned. They were both Golden Spikes finalists, and they're, you know usually those guys go out and, and they did this year. And there's a, a presentation, and it's a couple weeks after the draft, and so that kind of delays things too. I mean, also bear in mind that sometimes with these first round picks, a lot of time, you know most of the time the team likes to make a big deal out of it, bring them out, you know, to hit or have them take BP or whatever. And sometimes you know maybe the family had something planned for a weekend, and so it gets pushed. You know that happens sometimes, or maybe. Not that there's anything major with the physical, but there's something they just want to double check. So it pushes something back a couple of days. I, I know sometimes with the high school players, you have to wait for them to graduate from high school. You know, that, that's a case of, uh, of, of a couple guys. So, um, yeah, I'm with Jonathan. I mean, if you get taken in the top 10 rounds, most of these guys know what they're getting. The money's been discussed, even though that's theoretically against major league rules. A lot of these guys aren't getting taken without agreeing to a number before the draft. So I think most of these players know what they're getting. It's just a matter of dotting I's and crossing T's. Um, you know, last year was a little unusual. You know, we had four guys in the first round, a supplemental first round, who didn't sign. But but really, you know, two of those guys were were failed physicals that were disputed by the player, you know, Carter Stewart and Gunnar Hogland. Um, and the physicals, the you know, whether you pass or fail is solely up to the discretion of the team doctor. Second opinion doesn't matter. And the other two with JT Ginn and Matt McClain, I, I think were cases where the Dodgers and Diamondbacks hoped the guy would come off of a number. And if they didn't, they were content to just take a pick in this year's draft, which is what they did. Um, I would, I know last year was, was very unusual. I don't think – I'll put this – I would be very surprised if anybody in the top two rounds does not sign. And it will probably, when all is said and done, I agree with John, I think Matt Allen's going to sign. Um, I've heard one rumor, and I don't want to speculate on the guy, particularly that there's a uh, one pitcher in the middle rounds who may have an issue with his physical. He's not a super high-profile guy. But I think when all is said and done, we're going to have all but probably two or three of the 317 players taken – in the top 10 rounds will sign by July 12th, I think is the signing deadline. Right. And as you mentioned, still, still plenty of time left. So, so no need to panic just yet uh, for all of all the fans of, of teams who have not signed all of their picks yet. I think it's all going to be just fine. Uh, so I wanted to, to, you know, now, now we're finally moving, moving away from the draft. We've got the futures game coming up. Definitely next week we'll be having a lot of discussion about the futures game rosters, I'm sure. Um, and so we, we're not going to go into specifics of those just yet. But I did want to ask about a, a couple guys who, who maybe we'll be seeing at the futures game, maybe not, but uh, guys who really just, just raised prospect stock a lot this season, especially in the first half. I want to start with a pitcher. Uh, I know Yankees fans love their prospects, which is crazy because their major team is so good. You would think that they wouldn't be worrying about their prospects so much. But uh, Davey Garcia has really burst onto the scene over the last month or so as a, a, a very a diminutive right-hander, I would say. But he's, he's striking out guys at, at a pretty crazy rate at the moment. Um, Jim, Jonathan, uh, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember which one of you guys does the Yankees list or if it's, it's our friend. That would be me. 
there, there you go. That's Jim. Uh, so, so is Davey Garcia exceeding expectations? Is he, is he been kind of what we expected? There was a little bit of hype come, about him coming into the season, but uh, what do you think of Garcia's season so far? No, there was hype. I mean, he pitched well last year. I mean, he got to high class A and I believe 19 years. I got to double A at 19 last year. So he was kind of on the way. He's, a little bit tough to figure out. I mean, he's 5'9", 163, so, I mean, you're going to have some questions. Can he hold up, you know, pitching 180 or so innings as a starter at the big league level? Um, you know, he's 5'9", 163, and he's, and he's just turned 20 about a month ago, so he's still pretty young. But he has crazy, crazy stuff. He's got, you know, the Yankees, uh, you know, have a lot of guys with super high spin rates, and he's got a curveball that's got crazy spin, and it breaks so much, he has trouble throwing for strikes at times. Like, if you can lay off of it, you know, it doesn't often, you know, stay in the strike zone because it's got so much break. He's walked almost a guy every other inning. That said, he's averaging about, I think, 14 strikeouts per nine innings, and, and guys are hitting 183 against him. Um, he has good spin on his fastball, um, the 91-96, and, and because of that spin, it, it, it's got riding life up in the zone. So he can really mess with your eye level, you know, 91-96, you know, upper part of the strike zone and then drop a curveball, you know, from top to bottom. Um, he's got to change up too. Um, you know, very good prospect. It's just the projection is a little bit difficult. I mean, I get a bunch of questions. Why isn't this guy in the top 100? Sneak preview. I think he's second on deck, Jonathan, of our, our top 100 placements, so he'll be on the top 100 soon. Um, we're trying to figure out, you know, just physically, can this guy hold up? over the full course of a big league season because he's he's so small and so young. But the stuff is very, very good. And, he, and he's pretty athletic, too. Yeah, I, um, I I hope that our good friend on on Twitter, Rich Dallas, is, is listening to this because he is the one who I think hammers away uh, Yankees in general, but especially Garcia. Uh, it's like every time I think Garcia throws a strike, we, we get a tweet from him. Um, so the fact that we're talking about him as I say, his numbers are ridiculous. I mean, they're video game numbers and we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. It's as Jim said, you know, the profile is tough, but we've all seen guys who look like they shouldn't do one thing. Uh, they're, they're destined to end up in a certain role and, and they end up sort of exceeding those expectations. It's, uh, it's extremely possible. There is no doubt, I think, for any of us, that he is going to be a big leaguer in some capacity. It's just a question of whether or not he has the durability to start or uh, you, you put him in short relief. And, you know, maybe he ends up closing games. Um, that stuff will all, you know, will all tick up a little bit. Uh, with that fastball-curve combination would be really, really good. I think he's especially interesting because even for right-handers who are six foot 190, there are sometimes questions about size, but... Five nine one sixty three. We're really we're really tested the limits of that discussion. So it'll be interesting to see how he progresses. Um, obviously, the Yankees have a lot more focus on the lineup, um, but they could always use some more arms. All right, I want to I want to hit a couple more guys um, that actually have already made their big league debuts uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, some prospects that you know maybe have appeared in the top one hundred here or there, uh, but have have now made it to the big leagues. I want to ask about Bobby Bradley, uh, first baseman for the Cleveland Indians. Um, he made his big league debut last week. Uh, he's a guy who's always shown a pretty ridiculous raw power, but as well as some some considerable strikeout rates. Uh, it's a guy who who we think is going to maybe hit enough to to stay at, at the big league level, or is he going to end up more in a, a platoon situation? Is that is that his destiny? Uh, 
Jonathan, what do you think about Bobby Bradley? You know, I think the problem is that with a guy like that, I think you just you have to have him just go play and and play every day, and you deal with the strikeouts. Uh, and hope that he that he hits enough because if he's not playing every day, I you know I don't I can't think of a guy who was that strikeout prone who wasn't allowed to get in the regular rhythm of getting every day at bats where that worked. I, I just don't I don't I don't see that. I just don't see that that happening. Um, yeah, I used to always think like going back a ways that if Brandon Wood could have just been given 500 at bats. I, I wanted to see what he might have hit 200, but he might have hit 35 homers, you know. So, you know, sort of like what the Rangers did initially with Joey Gallo. Um, not that Brandon Wood had the walk rate, but anyway, I digress. I think that Bradley has the chance to be the sort of three true outcome kind of guy because he does draw walks. Um, he done was doing a much better job uh, in AAA. And yes, we could rail on the, the, the lively baseball in AAA, uh, but he was still making more contact, um, you know, and, and he was still drawing walks. Yes, the strikeouts were high, 91 strikeouts in 67 games. But I think it had gone to the point where they needed to give him an opportunity to, to show what he could do. Um, he's limited defensively. So, you know, he's okay at first. He can DH, but that's it. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think you're going to see him in a roam around in the outfield at all, but I'm interested to see what he, what he can do. But if I'm the Indians, I just run him out there uh, and, and see if the power plays uh, in, in the big leagues. I think it, it will eventually. Uh, fans are just going to have to deal with a lot of strikeouts and, uh, personally, I'm I'm okay with that, but you know we'll have to see what uh, what the Indians think. He's kind of the classic, you know, today's big leaguer. I mean, he's probably going to be a guy who strikes out, you know, 175 times a year and hits 240, but also probably hits 30 homers and draws 60 or 70 walks, and that's just what the game has become today. Um, you know, the the, the power is real, and I do think he has hitting ability. I think he's just kind of, you know, as he's come through the minors, adopted the power over hit mentality. You know, I, I think it could be more balanced, uh, you know, because I, because he has shown hitting ability in the past. But I, I think he's going to be that kind of, I don't want to say all or nothing slugger because he does, does draw walks. But, I mean, that's that's the hitter he's decided to become. Right, and there's very few uh, prospects with as, as consistent of a performance because I guess Bradley's really been hurt. So you look at his home run total since 2015, 27, 29, 23, 27, 24. So you know what you're going to get with him, and, and I would also love to see what he could do with a full run of the big leagues. All right, last guy I want to ask you guys about is another pitcher, uh, very different from the Davey Garcia type, I would say, where he's going to blow you away with crazy stuff but might not might not look look the part. Uh, I want to talk about Zach Gallen, who um, uh, recently made his major league debut with the Marlins. And uh, I found Zach Gallen especially interesting because uh, I was not familiar with him. He, he came over in the Marcelo Zuna trade uh, from the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, but he was basically the only pitcher in AAA having a good statistical season before the Marlins called him up. Um, so, so uh, Jim, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, how do you think he was doing this uh, with the crazy offensive environment of the PCL? And, and how do you project his, his big league potential going forward? Yeah, we're, we're still trying to figure that out. I mean, you know, he had a 1770 RA, 112 to 17 strikeout ratio in 91 innings. I mean, he was always more of a 
you know, guy who kind of controlled average stuff. You know, you looked at him as a back of the rotation starter. Uh, you know, Cutter was probably his best pitch. I do think the thing that's helped him this year is he is throwing harder. Um, he was always a guy who kind of sat around 90-91, and, and now he's sitting around, you know, 93. Um, you know, he does rely heavily on the cutter. That that, that, that remains his best pitch. I, I don't know what to make of him, to be honest, because at the time of the trade, he was the third best guy in the trade. Um, you know, I've been pretty vocal about not really loving the trades the Marlins have made uh, for prospects. You know, if this is a real Zach Allen, then, you know, then he's obviously a very, very good pitcher. I think we're just going to have to to wait and see. Uh, you know, like I said, I mean, his stuff has ticked up, but it's not like he's throwing 96. I mean, you know, sitting in 93, that, that's still an average big league fastball. I mean, he does have good plane on it and, and locates it well. So maybe you call that a solid pitch. And if you really love the cutter, maybe the cutter's plus pitch. But it, it's not overwhelming stuff. So, I, I mean, to me, especially when you consider the – the balls, you know, that the, the they're using in AAA and the way offense is up. Like, I, I think Zach Allen might be the most surprising performer in the entire minor leagues to this point in the season. Right. Well, that's why that's why I flagged him because it was like this is this doesn't seem possible. Uh, Jonathan, do you have any any thoughts on on the Gallon uh, season? Yeah, I mean, he's another guy that we hear from fans a lot uh, about uh, and it's been interesting you know as the Marlins have tried to rebuild um, the fans are getting more and more uh, prospect savvy or focus at least focusing on them um, and he is a guy that we, we fairly frequently at are asked about and it's just you know pure stuff wise he, he, he does not come close to being a top 100 guy Performance-wise, this year especially, um, you know, yeah, he does. It's been impressive. Smoke and mirrors. I, you know, I don't know. It, we'll see if it catches up with him. You know, I, I always love the the pitchability command guys. Um, they they always intrigue me, but often they get to the upper levels and it catches up to them. I'm thinking about like Tom Eshelman, uh, the the Phillies, you know, it was a huge command guy, was dominant early and has struggled since he's gotten to the upper levels of the minors. Um, I kind of root for these guys. I don't, you know, I'm with Jim, like with Gallon, like I'm not sure exactly why it's working so well. Uh, and it's worked in the past too. He's been good. Um, you know, he, he was good last year, not this good, but he was good. Um, so uh, his ability to, to mix pitches and, and command the ball took a step forward this year. And I think that's, that's the, the only explanation. And, uh, you know, it'd be fun if it, if it continues, you know, as I say to people all the time, uh, I am always happy to be wrong about a guy, uh, especially in this direction. You know, the other way is, isn't quite as, as fun, but I like seeing a guy sort of exceed expectations and, and play past his tools. I think, you know, that's kind of what this is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Marlins fans, uh, they've, they've, they've had some, so it feels like more success on the pitching side in terms of development than, than some of the hitters. But hopefully they'll all start to come together uh, for that Marlins team, have some more talent at the big league level. All right, guys. I know, Jonathan, I know you have a plane to catch. Uh, Jim, I know you. Uh, I, 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 think, I think I know where Jim is, but I won't reveal that right now. <laughs> um, uh, but thank you guys for joining <laughs> really? me. Did I make it sound like I'm on some either covert or illegal <laughs> yes. mission? I, I'm just out here for, as we record this, uh, yes. 
I have yet to play, but I'm out here in Omaha for the end of the College World Series. There so. you go. Oh, no. You, you needed to tell that you were, you're taking meetings yes. with movie producers for the Pipeline two-headed monster movie. I can Come do on. that one out here. Yes. Well, well, good. Well, well I hope you okay. take those meetings, good. and I hope that movie gets produced in short order. But thank you both, gentlemen, for joining me for this edition of the Pipeline Podcast. For Jonathan and Jim, I am your host, Jordan Schusterman, and we will talk to you guys next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.